Oh, I should have, I should have prepared a little song to open with. Why? Because that's how they opened oh, the Oh, because that's how, that's, yeah, okay, okay. Talk, and then talk, they closed talk. it with a barbershop quartet. Stop, sp- stop spoiling it before we've started the episode. <laughs> yeah, stop giving away all the plot. <laughs> yes, there was all this plot that we had set aside and it's gone now. <laughs> Damn. Welcome to A Star to Steer Her by 10 Forward, number 20. Oh. What? Oh, crap. I forgot to check it. It's What We Left Behind, right? Yes. What We Left Behind. The uh, crowd-funded DS9 documentary featuring uh, pretty much, I think, like, everybody. At least nope. a little. <laughs> no, no Avery. No Avery Brooks. <laughs> They used archival footage of Avery Brooks. They had at least some footage of him. Oh, so uh, he didn't actually talk to them? Nope. <laughs> yeah, he'd pretty much retired by then. From well, Yeah, but it's not like, documentary's not work. I mean, it is, they, but... They approached him, they thought it was going to be great, and then when they actually asked him, so, uh, gonna do the, here's uh, what we're doing for the documentary, he says, yeah, I'm not doing that. Really? Avery Brooks, yep. you bitch? Are you yeah, serious? I, I, think, I think he got burned in a previous documentary. The captains. Um, the captains. We should watch we- that too. Oh um, no! If it's because here's the thing, that's Shatner again. And yep. If it's anything like Chaos on the Bridge, I don't need to go near it. If it's anything like Chaos on the Bridge, it's going to be Chaos on the Bridge. I don't know. I think we should cover it maybe after Voyager because I know there's uh, I know what Kate Mulgrew is there. Mm. I will say this was just right off the bat so much more pleasant an experience than Chaos on the Bridge. There was 100% less anti-Semitism. And just so much less, like, old, old, angry people. Oh, you missed, you, you must not have watched the deleted scenes. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we, I actually don't own this, so we had to rent it on um, Amazon Prime. Amazon. Oh, I thought it was uh, on YouTube for free. I did not think to look for that, but... Yeah, I know. It was I, worth the four bucks, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially ah, yeah, since yeah. I didn't, I mean, I I didn't pay for it either, but... Uh, I would it like worth, to... It was worth Chris's four bucks to me. I definitely would like to pick it up eventually, because I would like to see the extra stuff, because I know there's a lot of extra there's stuff. There's a lot of extra stuff, but also, you know, speaking of Avery Brooks not being here, and also the lack of anti-Semitic cartoons and shit, the one thing that he basically told Ira Bear, like, dude... Just make sure it's not a fucking Talking Heads documentary piece of people just being angry and telling the same stories that we've told time and time and time and time again. And that's what made Ira Bear think to himself, okay, you know what I'm going to try to do as kind of a, a way to structure this documentary thing is use as kind of a frame the getting the writers together to write a hypothetical season eight opening episode. But that, that actually, that did make it in because he did mention that, that Avery said, don't just make it Talking Heads. Yeah. So that was in the final cut. Yeah, but that's what made him do the the writer's, writer's room gimmick, which I thought was quite cute. Yeah. I liked it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think 
And I say this as someone who is largely a fan of the new Trek I've seen. I do wish they had some of these people on board for New Trek. Because the one thing New Trek doesn't kind of get that does irk me is the inherent badness of Section 31. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, these people being the writers who knew that Section 31 would be up to some bullshit. Yeah, like, they're bad people. Like... It feels like the people that write Trek now think of Section 31 like I did when I was 15. Like, wow, this is kind of cool, super secret spies, and not really thinking through the full moral implications of the shit they do. Whereas, no, unless like, you're Julian. Yeah, whereas these guys, as you know, <laughs> as they were very quick to point out, the creators of it, clearly they were, clearly they were discussing very briefly after Into Darkness had come out, when they mentioned they used them in the movie, but they're ours. Like, they get that these are not good people and they do terrible things like try to kill someone's gods just so they'll join the Federation. Now, now Ames, how torn were you on that plan? Oh, that's because where it the, lost me. That's where it full-on lost me. Because on the one hand, you don't want Bajor in the Federation. They're already not in the Federation. But on the other hand, you want them to destroy the wormhole all the time. So, like, we would all, like, Fuck! I think it's more important that Bajor not be in the Federation. Fair. There we go. But I also, think like, it's more important that we don't have any more Section 31 hijinks. Exactly what I was going to say. Like, the moment in this, like, season eight plot thing, like, I was on board. I was like, yeah, this would be kind of cool. Like, I, I get that, you know, they're going an interesting new direction with it, and the, the, the characters still sound incredibly interesting. And then they're like, and then Section 31 is involved. I'm like, nope, nope. No longer on board for this. <laughs> and also I, that, that Julian is the head of it? That what? makes no sense. It was yeah, like, incredibly <laughs> funny that most of the writers seemed to have forgotten most things from the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I mean, Julian could infiltrate to fix Section 31, much like Odo kind of goes back to his home planet to fix the Founders bullshit. I mean, you could also have it as, like... Like, I... I could kind of see someone like Julian thinking like, all right, you know what? I'll infiltrate and then I'll fix them. And then completely falling to the dark side within 10 minutes. I hope he has an eye patch. Did he have an eye patch? He did not. Not in the drawing. Anyway. Oh, wait. Actually, didn't What's-His-Ass have an eye patch? Sloan? Ooh, nope. He had both his eyes. Martok only had one eye, but he didn't wear a patch. He just had a flap of skin. No, not him. That's not what I was thinking of. In the uh, cartoons? No, just in general. No. Oh. no well, then no. I hope Bashir has an eye patch. Chang. Chang had an eye patch. He did, yes. Oh, yeah, he sure did. I See, I don't know how I feel about the whole, like... Eye patch thing? Yeah. It's over uh, anyway. <laughs> the, like, character falling from grace thing could maybe be interesting. Julian's maybe, like... Just with everything they've done, it does feel like, even given 20 years, like, I don't know. But I did sort of like the plot, the idea that... Because, again, that's just such horrible, evil shit that I was kind of intrigued by as a concept. Nope, I'm just done with Section 31. I'd be curious if it was some kind of side effect of his, like, genetic enhancement or whatever that Julian starts to like. Because I feel like if you're that smart and you're around people that much, like, maybe you start to pull a savior machine and be like, I have to just destroy everything because humanity is If he just trash. goes, like, that episode with, um... The first episode with the augments there, where, like, they decide 
the best route is just to surrender. Statistical probabilities. Thank you. I don't know. I also wonder because, you know, as much as, you know, we see little bit of little glimpses of what they would go with in this hypothetical plot, you don't see a ton of like what exactly has happened in the last 20 years. Like they mentioned, and this was my favorite thing. They mentioned that, you know, Julian and Ezri are still together and they say, quote, it'd be nice to have a happy couple that's lasted. And this is literally a sentence after they discussed a whole lot of Miles and Keiko, and I laughed a lot. You said the same thing. I literally said that. I was like, you mean like Miles and Keiko? I, nope. Uh... <laughs> they know what they they've said, done. They said a happy relationship. Ah, <laughs> uh, Miles and Keiko It was happy fine. once they weren't being written by the TNG writers. Or mm. once they no longer lived in the same house. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's how uh, that's how my mom and I get uh, along best too is with thousands of miles between us. I totally get it. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Not that she listens to this or even knows what a podcast is. I will send her this episode. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, since we're already kind of talking about the uh the season 8 episode, I guess mm. you know, something that struck me about it is uh, so, spoiler alert, they blow up the Defiant with Nog on it. Uh, in the teaser. In the in teaser. In the hypothetical teaser. Well, no, no, because the teaser was Nog escaping through oh, the wormhole. Oh, you're right, you're right, at the end of scene one. Yeah, right yeah. after the credits, <laughs> or the opening. And, like, the way, the way they approached it, and I know they weren't writing a whole arc or anything, you know, because obviously this was just sort of a, a thought exercise, but, like, the way Ira talks about it. he's like yeah you know we're gonna we're gonna blow up the ship we're gonna blow up no we're you know we're gonna let everybody know right out of the gate that you know we're not fucking around and i'm like yeah but that's like shitty writing that's, that's game of thrones yeah that's like let's shock them to be shocking that like, was legitimately that was um there was this like sub-series of star wars novels they did in the like early 2000s and they just started killing people off left and right to be like ooh, edgy Ah, we're Star Wars, but we're getting, like, crazy now. And it's like, <laughs> no. And also the stories aren't very good and the villains are uncompelling. This is terrible. Yeah. Like, I, I still feel like had they, you know, had their time, they would have pulled, like, a Cisco, pulled him out at the last second thing. Or even, you know, and I'm okay with them killing him off. Uh, if, you know, and then, you know, later they went back and justified it with, oh, he fell fell onto this section 31 plot and they had to they had to get rid of him but that you know they they decided to kill him first and then come up with a reason yeah i i I really hope this isn't how they actually wrote episodes back in the day oh i'm certain it is because that's i i will say though that like the process that they were going through i really want to become a writer now on a tv show because that looked like fun yeah you just sit around you come up with an opening and then justify it that's madness yeah okay they're they're like uh, improv (laughs) yeah their idea that vic is now a dying hologram but that's the thing that tricked everybody into going was kind of genius because you'd think no yeah because vic is basically alive eventually he'll have to die that entirely makes sense. Well, and also it would definitely be a suitable lore because we decided that saving the casino was more important than, you know, the war. <laughs> so it's definitely feasible that these characters would be motivated to attend. Speaking, though, of, of dying holograms and killing Nog, I do find it hysterical 
that the original idea is, oh, yeah, it'll be O'Brien, of course. <laughs> kill O'Brien. We could just kill O'Brien so and wait, really wait. fuck with him. But oh. if we kill him, that means he's not suffering anymore. He's just dead. Yeah, they can't. They won't be able to write any future episodes where he where is tortured. Yeah, or maybe like they blow him up, but like he he does because he's so close to the wormhole, he ends up in a like some sort of time loop where he's just constantly blowing up. <laughs> that sounds right. Or yeah. like it's you know they they preserve his head in a jar like Futurama, which just sounds like a fate worse than death, frankly. No, oh, it sounds like the original ending of City on the Edge of Forever, dying yes. forever in a supernova. Was, yes. Yes. And yeah, then, I could uh, buy that um that Vic just wanted to die. That he was just like, fuck this, because the only people that are still around that like me are Kira, and she's some religious zealot now. And well, well, what do you mean she's some religious zealot now? Well, <laughs> I mean she was always religious, but it sounds like now, you know, in their in their hypothetical here, she's kind of gone to the to the Kai Win side of things, maybe not in like the, uh, you know, being evil, but you know, well, she's a Vedic now. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, letting the Jem'Hadar convert to prophetism and uh, well, you can't you can't really let someone quote convert. I mean, well, sure, just... no, they can they can convert, but then she's going to make them the army of Bajor. That sounds pretty fucked up. I don't. I don't know, and the reason why I don't know if I agree is because, one, they obviously need gods because of, like, how they were cloned, because they had to believe in the founders, and because they literally were made to fight, meaning without, without you know, having their gods and having their reason to fight, they basically have no reason to exist, and that must be maddening, because it's not like they can do anything else. They, like, don't eat, they don't, they can't fuck, you know, the... Like what else? What else can they do? They must be really confused now that they're frequently living past twenty. Oh gosh! I mean, I'm sure the uh, the Dominion has other wars to fight elsewhere. Mm. But yeah, like, it's not like they gave up war. Is that even a war. thing they're doing anymore? No, they're just not doing it here. But they've with got... Odo in charge, are you sure? I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, if that's the case, then they went. Why wouldn't they just stop breeding Jem'Hadar altogether? Well, maybe they did, and these are the Jem'Hadar that are left over that have nowhere to go. But they'd be dead. They don't live that long. Well, they only don't live that long because they die in battle. Yeah, they talk about them all dying off really young, but they never say that that's because they not. Yeah, they never established how long they could live if they weren't hmm. cannon fodder. I, I assume that they just didn't have a very long shelf life. Because, like, why? They may why not bother. Yet. Well. I mean, keeping, uh, you know what happens when you assume. That's true. You look like a twat. I do. I'm just kidding. I do love the idea, <laughs> though, of of, uh, of a midlife crisis. Jim Hadar, you know, gets himself finding a, Jesus. Gets himself a sports car. Starts trying to be hip. Mm. Yeah, the midlife crises are at like ten years old, though. Mm. Not anymore. Or they just become boring middle aged people, like in those. Uh, no, the Geico ca- No, not Geico. Yeah, yeah, is it Geico? I think it's Geico ads. They start wearing that striped shirt. And- Buying that striped shirt over and over again. Yep. You guys know the commercials we're talking about? Yeah, I find them tedious. They, uh, they mostly are, but compared to a lot of the commercials I get on Hulu, they are the least enraging. Well, my train of thought just went absolutely nowhere. Anyone else got things? Yeah, it's a cool documentary. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. In in comparison to Chaos on the Bridge, oh, the, one, the, one, the one thing I noticed was, you know, since these are mostly conversations with Ira the same way they're kind of making it conversational in Chaos on the Bridge, but not really succeeding in that. Not at but all. these conversations with Ira were clearly with people whom Ira obviously loved. Like, he mm. loved all these people so much. Yeah. And that made it actually, like, very enjoyable to watch these these moments with everybody. Oh, God, that reminds me, though. The little reveal that he wanted to have fucking Kira have an affair with Gul Dukat and Nana Visitor was like, oh, fuck no. 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 Yeah, and yeah I noticed- thank God. Someone needed to make him fucking see reason on that. That would have been terrible. That would have been terrible. Yeah, I, it was interesting how they made a big deal out of Nana's slip in saying Mark Alamo instead of Gul Dukat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then they say, cut that, like how I always tell Chris yeah. to cut things on the podcast, but then they kept it in anyway. Well, it made me wonder, though, like, is there, like, bad blood or something there? Like, No, I don't think so. He just straight up admitted that at the time he apparently was into her and probably had uh, pursued her a little. I don't know. I got I got weird vibes off of Mark Alema, I gotta Dude, say. Dude, I was just gonna say that. Slightly. He seems like somebody's, like, crazy, like... Back back and never recovered from fucking Vietnam veteran type of dude. Like, no offense to vets, but like he he's oh he seems like somebody's weird uncle. Yeah, he 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 gave off weird uncle vibes for sure. But also like he just seemed really weird and bitter and like I I just I wish someone would have told me I was doing a good job. I hope someone did. I mean uh, I mean, I guess I, I guess, I guess if no one ever really told him he was doing a good job, I hope someone did. But like, yeah, man, he was yeah. weird. Yeah, also, I mean, the, holy shit, he needed a sun, a sun, a sunblock regiment. Oh holy god, shit, he is but like made of leather. The uh, yeah, I, I think I don't know if it was how the documentary was cut, but yeah, it didn't. Paint or, him in the best light. Or if uh, that was just the only good shit they could get from him. Like, everything else was just him, like, Michael Richardsing it and, like, saying the N-word over and over. And they're like, <laughs> oh, boy, we really can't, we can't use that. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole thing, that whole thing with him being like, yeah, I, I didn't feel appreciated. It did, it did come off as, like, bitter. And they, and, and they played this kind of, like, jaunty music behind it to make it seem kind of like it was, like, joking around. But I, I don't know that it was. Yeah, yeah, it's kind no. of odd that that was included because I know Jake and I also watched the, the various deleted scenes, which Ira basically admitted like, oh, yeah, a lot of these we didn't include in the show proper because it's only one side of the story. And which you kind of read the subtext being like, we couldn't get Avery to tell his side of the story for a lot of these these things. But yeah, like, why not have that in the deleted scenes? Why mm-hmm. was this in the show proper? It didn't seem to add to the narrative. Yeah, I also about, was totally grossed out that they left in him being like, and I wanted to nail the nah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, stop. Yeah, among the deleted scenes, I know we shouldn't really talk about them since you didn't see them and they're not in the movie proper, but I, I, I would like to just bring up one of them, which is that apparently there was bad blood between Renee and... Mark Alamo? No, Brooks. Avery. Like Renee? Apparently Renee and get, Avery? They didn't get along too well off offset. It sounds like, basically, and again, you know, the, the reason it wasn't included in the documentary was because it was only Renee's side of the thing, with a little but bit it, of Armin saying, "I was there, and it was weird." Yeah, 
So it's in, it's, weird. it's interesting. Yeah, that would have been an interesting tale to get the other side of. I still can't believe that Avery Brooks didn't show up to do the fucking thing. Yeah, there were a yeah. couple moments when they were doing the the hypothetical storyline where they're like, the one person that's missing is Cisco, and I'm like, yeah, from this documentary too. Yeah, really. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> yeah. I uh, since you were speaking of Renee. At the end, when he was like, and now on my obituary, they won't be able to just say, oh, here's, you know, so-and-so number whatever from whatever show that I don't even know what the fuck he was talking about. Oh, his character from Benson. And I just, like, I, I don't, I think I, I think I'm still, I think, first of all, that I still haven't gotten over Deep Space Nine being over, because I was crying at the end of this thing as well. <laughs> I was just like, Ugh. But especially when Renee said that, and I was just like, did he know that he was sick? Did he know already that he wasn't well at that point, or was that just some really prescient, really uncomfortable, really prescient thing that he said? Like, I don't know, I don't man. Know. It punched Maybe. me in the feels. It really, and 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 Aaron too. Watching watching mm. Aaron Eisenberg being so emotional about this role and so obviously in love with like the cast and the character and experience and just thinking that they're gone is i don't know anyway this, this documentary gave me a sad mm, yeah <laughs> i, I mean, loved it's... it a lot but it also just made me bummed out like yeah, in a way that makes no sense like in a wow it's too bad that aaron and renee are gone i'll never get to meet them i was never going to meet them anyway but yeah, it at least feels like you know when they were still around it was possible and now it is absolutely not so i don't know yeah, and it was, you know, it was interesting, you know, seeing, because I couldn't honestly remember timeline-wise if they had died, if either of them had died before the doc was released. And they, they because they did a, they did an in-memoriam at the end, and, and they weren't in it. So obviously the, the doc had been released before either of them died. Yeah, no, I looked it up because I was also wondering. The doc came out in 2017. They both passed away in 2019. It did not come out in 2017. No. <laughs> when did it come out? It, it came, came out, out 2019. May of 2019. Oh. That's weird. I swear uh, Amazon must have had it mislabeled, because oh, I think maybe. it said 20... They may have passed away later in the year. Well, actually, yeah. yeah. Didn't Renee die in, like, November or something? Like, I feel like it was really late. Also, yeah, I don't it... feel like I can call him Renee. I don't think I can. Aw. Yeah, because I know the, the fundraiser was going on in 2017, and then, and then okay, here's the story about this fundraiser. The fundraiser, like, they set the goal at 150k, and they're like, huh, good luck reaching that. They reached that goal in 24 hours, and then went on to make, I think it top, I wrote down that it topped off at uh, $647,000, give or take. Wow. Great. Um, and because they reached all their flex goals, they were like, okay, well, we're gonna do a whole bunch more uh, convert or uh, re remastering scenes from the show that mm. we that we display uh, to to high def, which looks and awesome. That to, like pushed back the date that it was going to be released. Released like whoa, because it's like twenty minutes of footage to remaster, and it's fucking difficult. Yeah, and they also did a bunch of effect shots. They must have just done fresh yeah. effect shots because I think this was also mentioned in a a special DVD feature, but they um, remastered those from the camera negatives. 
Mm. So they were just, that was literally like the dailies that they were using to remaster. So they wouldn't have had any special effects. And then, you know, they obviously did, you know, kind of awkwardly placed in the film, but they did the CG battle from... uh, Sacrifice of Angels? Yeah. And that looked pretty, pretty good for... Yeah. Really? See, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that battle, because, you know, that one was... The hardest, most expensive scene to do because, you know, it's a fucking giant battle scene that goes on for a very long time. Yeah. But the way I watched it, like, you know, because we watch it on a big, very large screen television, and I thought it just looked so clean. And uh, maybe too clean. I think it looked too clean. Like, everything was very fine, like, light lines of light. Well, I and think it's, it took me out of it because I kept looking at this like, wow, this looks like a video game. Well, I think the the impression I was under is they were sort of trying to be like, you know, like on the one hand remaking it, but on the other hand, kind of keeping it closer to what it would have looked like as opposed to how it could look now, you know, 20 years later with much better TV CG. Be, there would be so much lens flare. So much. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see the ships. But yeah, those scenes that were not the battle scenes, though, just, Jesus, night and day. Yeah. How much better they looked. Yeah, and the special features, they showed a couple shots of, um, you know, the the original broadcast version next to the... Oh, they did some side-by-side? Yeah, and, yeah. They, and it's... When it's side-by-side, side, it's very apparent. I'll be honest, I don't notice a lot of these things unless it's side-by-side. Side. I hadn't... Except for the battle scene, which just looked sterile to me. I don't think I noticed any of the other scenes. Yeah, no, like, even just the the first scene they showed, I was like, holy shit. Because it's just... Can confirm he did sort of do that. Like, I forgot, just, like, just... I mean, the first scene they showed was the battle scene. What scene are you referring to? Well, I mean, the first scene with people, I should say. Okay, okay. Like, the Uh, first first, restored scene. Yeah. Like, because that was one thing, is watching it, it just looks... Oh, boy. So bad. <laughs> like, watching it on a modern television all blown up and SD and muddy and Oh, gross. yeah. It is difficult for me to take the screen grabs to make into our thumbnails and such because it's always so dark. Everyone is vaguely yellow. Even mm. the Cardassians somehow. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. uh, like, and I know that there's never gonna be a full restoration like TNG got. It's just, it's not going to happen. Thanks, TNG. So what I'm kind of banking on is that AI upscaling gets better and that maybe in 10 years we'll get something that kind of looks good. Yeah, they just, someone just pushes a button to fix the whole thing and it is what it is at that point. Yeah. You know, one of the things that they did too, though, is because the, the, the show was shot in 35 millimeter and then cropped. Mm. So there's actually... The the remastered bits that we saw actually included, well, in a sense, both more and less of the frame. Yeah. Than we would have than we saw on the show because it had more horizontal space. Oh, but less vertical. But less vertical. Oh, interesting. Um, not much less vertical. Not much. They only yeah because they they showed in the in the extra features like oh yeah this is this was the crop that we did and it was you know they very consciously when they were shooting it. It sounds like they consciously framed shots to potentially be presented in widescreen mm. in the future. So there wasn't a lot 
of the stuff that was lost, there was nothing really important on the tops and bottom that, that ended up getting cropped out. If they ever do this hypothetical, like, AI upscale thing, I'd be perfectly happy if they kept it full screen as had bars on the side. That's that's yeah, fine, I mean, too. That's I mean, when they remastered TNG, that's what they did. You know, they didn't change the aspect ratio, but part of that was because even though that was shot in a way that could have been made, you know, widescreen, it was they were not careful what I read anyways, that they were not careful about like keeping equipment, like filmmaking equipment out of the shot because they knew, okay, yeah, this is going to be cropped for television. So, you know, it's okay if, you know, there's a boom guy over there off to the side. That's funny. Well, I think that was a problem with, I want to say when they like re-released Buffy at some point, the TV series, they let it be widescreen but there was a similar issue where, like, they hadn't been planning on it. So even though they filmed it that way, there was, like, visible crap <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> womp womp. But, like, I just remember reading that fans were livid because it was a really bad re-release. This was years ago, so I might be misremembering. I might have the wrong show. But something like that did happen once. Where a show was, like, that had been full screen, was re-released for widescreen, and it they really shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Yeah, but honestly, like, just, just, and I, the same could be said for TNG, you know, comparing the remasters to the original is just night and day. And if the quality of the clips that were in the documentary are anything to go by, you know, it's, there's so much there that's on the, the film that's not yeah. in the show. And it, it would be amazing. So, yeah, that was the CBS, thing was- I know you're listening to us. Get on Obviously. it. Obviously. <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing, too, with TNG was, you know, the the version on Netflix was the remastered version. So, yeah, I didn't have that same like, oh, right, this is what TV looked like when I was a kid. Hmm. And even, you know, TOS, it's different because it's like it's a 50 year old show. So I was like, yeah, of course, it's going to be kind of blurry and weird because I watched you know, I have the DVDs from the pre remaster and bad CG version. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would like because there what I read when cuz you know there's talk of do, of having a, a DS9 remaster and basically what was said is that like a the the TNG remaster did not sell well mostly hmm. probably because they pri- the price point like they were selling it like $100 per season. Oh jeez. Uh, for the for the Blu-rays. So it of course they didn't sell a lot of them. And then the other aspect of that was that, un, you know, in TNG, a lot of the effect shots were um, practical. Practical, whereas in DS9, they were really starting to experiment a lot more with CG. So, like, they would have to redo all of the Odo transforms, right? Oh no, get some more soap. So um, here's the third thing, though. The third thing is, and they brought this up a couple times. In the, in the documentary, I think Nana specifically brought it up, like, twice, saying, like, the way people are watching television now is so different from back then. Like, now you can binge the whole thing on Netflix in a fucking, not an afternoon, that's way too little time. But, you know, in, in, a, in a, an amount of time in which you can watch it in a clump. And she's, you know, said something to the effect of, effect of uh, more people are coming to appreciate this show because you can watch it in the correct order unlike, you know, TNG, which you can watch in any order you want. 
You can see the character arcs, which our DS9 specializes in. See yeah. the lasting effects that, you know, different plot lines have on the show. But also it means you're not going to... Do people still buy DVDs anymore on purpose? <laughs> I mean, I do. Only if it's something I really want to own and it's not streaming anywhere. Yeah, and I think Star Trek's basically going to always be streaming somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Clearly, streaming is where it's at. So they're not going to do any high-budget project that's relying on... Sales. Sales, yeah, you know, box sets. But, you know, if they felt that they could make a lot of money in streaming and get a lot of subscribers with something like that, maybe they would. But then again, people are already paying for the subscription because they just want to watch the show and they don't care that it's SD. So there's probably is not the financial incentive there to really do that. Here's a related question. Like, cause I haven't like, I don't watch a ton of TV. I mostly watch Star Trek and sci-fi shows like Babylon five and Stargate and all this stuff. But when you look at it and how people, you know, are streaming shows and binge watching shows and most like new shows I see these days in existence are incredibly serial. Like, is there even going to be episodic television in the future that isn't like an anthology series or something? That's a great question. I mean, sitcoms are still largely episodic. Hmm. Like they'll have running gags and such, obviously. Um, I don't know. I feel like the I feel like the good sitcoms these days. I'm thinking of like Schitt's Creek and uh, Good Place. They're fairly serial. I mean, I've not seen those two yet. Watch them, you fuck! I know, fuck. I know. My God! Yeah, but uh, Shit's Creek and The Good Place. Oh, yeah, yeah but... dude. The Good Place is amazing, and Shit's so Creek I haven't good. watched, but I really want to. I but, actually uh, started yeah. to. I young was five Sheldon. minutes in... Huh? That <laughs> 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 just randomly said Young Sheldon. <laughs> hey, there is some deep-ass lore in <laughs> Young Sheldon, I bet. Don't lie. Yikes. I don't know. They might get Will Wheaton. They always get Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. I didn't, how did they not get Will Wheaton on this show? He's on every show. I mean, then again, they almost had Jonathan Frakes in it, apparently, so. He's mm-hmm. in a couple little teasers in the um, uh, special effect, in the, uh, the special. Um, yeah, there were, apparently there was features. a piece that was filmed for the opener of the movie with Frakes. Mm, I see. But that was cut in favor of the, the musical number and, uh, and the Garrick. Uh, wow. My God, that the musical with, number that was scene so with Riker sweet. Must have been really bad then. It wasn't bad. It was. It was silly. It was it would, incredibly it was, it, silly. I think it would have been out of place. Yeah, Chris would I think love it. It would have worked better in a Chaos on the Bridge type documentary. I think. Here's the thing. You said that was in place of the musical number and the Garrick. So you got to keep the Garrick thing. Oh, oh I yeah, love the Garrick. Well, great. I liked the Garrick thing. I, I loved all the Garrick things. The, the yeah, all, all the all the Andy Robbins and stuff they did was was He's fantastic. so feisty, and I love him. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. First of all, the most, okay. Yeah. So there weren't a ton of things in this documentary that were like, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't a making of documentary and there wasn't a ton of like really shocking, like, oh my God. But there was one thing in I this documentary that fucking floored me that I cannot believe I never heard before. And in the 30 plus years that I have watched Star Trek, I have never heard this and it was revealed to me in this documentary, and I just, I can't get over it. Fucking Column? I know! Right! <laughs> Column? 
Kalamini. I've been mispronouncing it for so long. We figured out Nana Visitor before we figured out Kalam. Which completely makes sense because Kalam, C-A-L-L-U-M, is a very common Irish name. And his just a different spelling. I should have realized at some point. I didn't know that Colum was anyone's name. Yeah, no, it's very common. Colum. It's very Colum. So I I think part of it might also be that, like, Nana is very connected to the fan scene. So goes to a lot of cons. And she's delightful. And she's delightful. So, like, like you hear her name spoken aloud often. Whereas I don't think that Colum goes to a lot of cons. I don't think he's very connected with the fan He seems like a busy guy, too. He's in a lot of things. Yeah, he's still getting a lot of work. He's been in a few. I've definitely seen pictures of him at some, but yeah, he's probably one of the less common gets. So it's probably just that, like, his his name isn't spoken aloud as much. uh, Yeah. And and we just never heard it until now. Yeah. Hey, man. It, like, I, I remember when they said that, I was like, why is he, who is, oh my God, he's saying, Shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, does that blow your mind more than listening to Max Grodenchik? Fuck my life. Listening <laughs> to Max Grodenchik. God, why is it hard today? Isn't it just uh, Singing songs. There's an accent, and I've heard I've heard him pronounce his own name several different ways, uh. so I'm going with the most common one. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Yeah, that was... Um, that was very sweet. And he was. wrote, actually, actually he wrote the end song. Yeah, Caitlin noticed that. I did notice that. Yep, in the end credits. Yeah, it was funny. It was like, oh, wow, look at that. You had to pretend to be bad at baseball, and you had to pretend to be a bad singer. Hmm. I was surprised yeah. by uh, Casey Biggs there. That he oh, yeah. was a singer, or just That he, in that he was decent at it. Yeah, he also yeah. seems like a lot of fun. He seems like a yeah. fun guy. Wait, well, who's Casey Biggs? Uh, Damar. Damar. Oh, yeah, he did seem like a delight. It's funny, too, though, because even like his sort of outfit in the... the, the he kind of looked like an older lounge singer. He in this wonderful blue jacket, like royal blue. It was a great shade. Yeah, no, he he seemed he seemed really good. It's f- certainly a lot fucking better than Mark, weird bitter uncle Alamo. I did like Alamo's socks. Oh I yeah, didn't notice the socks. He That's had fun striped were, socks. It's because you were too busy <laughs> staring at the rest of him. Eesh. I don't know. I thought the song moments were basically what any Vic moment should have been. Mm. Really fucking too long and uncomfortable. What? Too you didn't like un- the you didn't like the songs in the documentary? Not much. Oh, well, I, I liked them. the end song better than the start song. I will say that. I, I mean, thought they were sweet. There was gonna be songs. It was it was yeah. a, it was Ira's project. There was yeah. gonna be songs. I honestly I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. I was I was broadsided by just, these songs. Just be glad it wasn't Jimmy Darren. I'm Although surprised Jimmy, Jimmy Darren was, Jimmy was Darren. pretty delightful, I, I'll say. He still oh, looks great, too. I know, right? Yeah, he didn't age a fucking Who? day. Jimmy, Jimmy Darren. Darren. Oh, yeah, no, he looks, yeah, exactly. That, that's crazy. Like, he's definitely kind of got some old man neck going on, but that's, like, all that's changed. <laughs> Turkey hmm. neck. By the way, I looked up the release date on this, and the internet is very confused. Oh, no! Like, I went by memory alpha, so. Like, some say 2018, some say 2019. I think what it is is it was, like, played at a, like premiered at a film festival or something in 2018, but didn't actually come out physically until 2019, hence the confusion. I don't fucking know. That's confusing. Yeah, so there's, like, literally a couple different dates online, so. I was gonna say that I loved how, like, obviously 
I like how obvious it was that Cassidy's uh, actress kind of had a thing for Avery Brooks. I'm not sure Penny if it was Johnson. for Captain Sisko or if it was just for Avery Brooks in general, because she was like, oh my god, it's Hawk, it's this, it's that, it's, you know, the whole thing. I, and she was like, he was just sexy, he was this. I was like, oh, girl, I get wanted it. to touch his head. Penny, stop. <laughs> yeah, speaking of hasn't aged a goddamn day. Yeah, she didn't age at all either. She looked yeah. great. Yeah, she's in she's in the Orville, and she still looks damn good. She's in the Orville? Yeah, yeah. A, bitch, that's a good a reason to watch that show. Not that I needed another good one, but there's well, supposedly one right they've there. they've uh, been filming the next season. So that's I heard what that I've... Yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, season three. I know they started filming. Production has started at the very least. Okay. Oh, and um, also, in answer to your earlier question, allegedly they're going to try to be episodic with Strange New Worlds. Right, that's oh, true. Right, that's yeah. true. Which I think would be appropriate for that. Yeah, you know, yeah I'd like that. Very... I mean, I've. Uh, I wouldn't mind a more sort of Monster, Monster of the, the Week, week trek. I think the many circles of fans have been demanding it. And as much as I don't like catering to the whims of the fans, especially the more toxic ones, mm. I am looking forward to Strange New Worlds. Well, the thing is, like, I feel like the people, like, I feel like the people are like, come on, guys, you know, they don't, they don't all have to be a... Like, I feel like that's one of the things the toxic fans don't talk about because they're just too busy being angry about women and black people gay people and all that like they don't even go on about the what's the word the the serialized part i think i think if anything strange new world so far at least seems to be like listening to the not angry fandom people were like wow captain pike seems fun maybe he should have a show huh 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 and they went yeah, okay it's like hey maybe it should be like normal huh huh and they're like uh, okay Hmm. Well, now, we'll hopefully see. they don't overdo it. You can yeah. definitely overdo it. I hope that history will show that Anson Mount's character stayed on because Anson Mount started a Keep Captain Pike campaign <laughs> before his episodes even premiered, you know? <laughs> mm. Nice. Um, <laughs> I think that would be tight. <laughs> bring back Argyle, just for shits. God, yes. Yeah, really, why didn't... Oh, Argyle wasn't in the show. I almost was like, why didn't Argyle show up? <laughs> he should have. He should have been there for no reason. <laughs> That's the second time you've done a little bit of a Scooby-Doo laugh, Ames, and I fucking love you for it so much. You're like, twice, you just be like, Ree! And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, other things in this doc that were interesting. Terry they, Farrell. Tell yeah, us more. Yeah, they kind of, sort of talked about the Terry Farrell situation without naming names, which kind of felt a little, uh, I don't know if they just didn't want to piss Cop off. Outie? Would you say? Yeah, like maybe they didn't want to piss off Berman. Uh, maybe they well, didn't the want thing. to get sued. Berman, Berman being there is proof that they were obviously maybe not as hard on Berman as uh, some might like. I mean, I yeah, guess you the, can't just leave him out. But on the other hand, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, like, the thing is, he wasn't actually in a lot of the group stuff. Like the group thing he was involved in wasn't actually for the doc. That was a variety reunion photo shoot oh yeah the, the one that has mentioned. that beautiful picture of um renee armin nana and terry that yeah. came out when nana released that uh didn't she when she wrote about renee's passing i feel like she used that picture or oh, something I think she did, yeah yeah those, those photos are fantastic yeah but yeah, yeah they, definitely... they show that photo shoot in the special features they showed part of it in, in the doc itself too they mm -hmm. did show it yeah, yeah. I, th I think that was the one time he was sort of with everyone else, which, yeah, everything else he was sort of up and over there. 
the uh, the group thing that they had, you know, it looked like it was happening in a hotel room. I think I'm pretty sure must have been filmed at the Las Vegas con that they kept showing. That sounds right. And which well, just happened interesting, again, didn't it? That was recently, wasn't it? Yeah, they they do it every year, except probably last year. But what was interesting is I thought I saw a shot up from that con. I'm assuming it's from that con, and I thought Avery was on the stage. So that means that he was there and just <laughs> didn't even want to do the group thing. I don't but know. Maybe, there were, there were maybe many. It was a, Different shot that I'm I'm mixing. There up were there. many moments seeing Sirach Lofton. I'm like Avery Brooks. Nope, Sirach Lofton. Yeah. He's yeah, he's he's he an really adult is and a transforming <laughs> into Cisco slowly. Like if they ever do like a a young Cisco series, although he's probably about the same age as Avery was at the start of DS9, they should definitely tap Sirach. Right, then he, make it dump, make it tongue in cheek. They can call it not so young Cisco. Yeah, yeah. He even like he even doing the shave head and the beard now. Because the relationship between them, when yeah, he was talking about touching. how like they'd go out together, and Avery would introduce him as like you know this is these are my boys or whatever, or my sons, and you know the importance of their relationship, and I was just sitting there like this is everything we were saying, and it makes me so happy that we were so right, and I mean not that I thought we weren't, but like I don't know, it was it was gratifying. Mm. I thought it was wonderful, and yeah, Shiroko, oh my god, he can fucking get it. Holy shit. Speaking of Avery, can I just say that they had a, a montage of different people describing Avery as a jazz musician. They did. <laughs> and we've been calling him Jazz Shatner for years. Mm-hmm. Yep, mostly Chris, but yeah. I think I have never called him that, mostly because I feel like it's maybe a little racist. I don't know. I don't think so. Cut that if you want. Nah, nah. No, no, we'll, no. But I, mean, uh, I think I think it's I think so. I haven't seen the Captain's documentary, but it sounds like part of the reason why people reacted negatively to him in that documentary was because he was responding to questions by playing scat. <laughs> well, no, by playing the piano. Uh, I can't tell if you're joking or not because no. it sounds like something he would do. No, because he is the I, aloofest man in the world. Because I've ne- I haven't seen it. This is only what I've read about it. That in that doc. He plays the piano to respond to questions. I uh, I kind of do want to well, watch this doc now. <laughs> I would should should watch to. this Let's doc. Let's do it. Well, there's uh. there's the thing is there's a separate one for each captain, right? It's not like a singular. I thought I they don't all answer questions one, by piano or just Avery Brooks. I think it's one film called The Captains with interviews with the each of the the captains. Yeah, time. hosted by Shatner. Oh, okay. Ugh. Does he interview himself? Yes. <laughs> I got such a great performance out of me because I respect me so much. <clears throat> oh Classic. my god, yes. That's Futurama, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Uh. <laughs> I was about to say we should do that as a 10 forward, but we did that ages ago. We did. They should, uh, we could do it again. <laughs> they should have had the Dax's arm wrestle. Ah. Yeah, actually, I will give a lot of credit to to Ira Bear because you know they were doing the you know what are the different difficult topics that we covered on Deep Space Nine, and he and he says no, we didn't do anything like like the job we should have done with the concept of sexual orientation and sexual identity. You can't yeah. just say oh, but look, we did rejoined and say check it off the list because that is not 
enough for this show. Yeah, and, like, and good on him for for admitting such. Yeah, yeah and recognizing that fact absolutely. And, yeah, and then also saying we should have had Bashir and Garrick fuck, and I'm like, yes. Yes. Yeah. No. Well, without well, a doubt. Even even Andy Robinson said yeah. that the the only reason Garrick befriended befriended Bashir at first is because he wanted to fuck him. Which yeah, is I had I had heard that before. I didn't realize that this was what that was from. But uh, yeah, it was definitely exciting to hear it straight um, from the Garrick's mouth. Yeah, cause, you know, because he even said like, "Well, with us doing let she was like, I mean, I don't know, but I never asked." Yeah. Mm-hmm. But man, what an interesting unexplored not just like the sexuality ex- uh, aspect of that, but what if it turned out that one of the reasons why Garrick was exiled from his homeland was not just like we all assume it was something that happened in the obsidian order but maybe it wasn't at all maybe it just was like oh it turned out he was gay and that's not okay in the obsidian order so now you're exiled considering how obsessed the cardassians are with family it might just not be okay in cardassian culture and image and toughness and like you know like that would have been i think a really interesting aspect to have been explored on that show yeah definitely very very mild tangent because it's still related but not i'm like halfway through andrew robinson's novel now that Mm. we were discussing was it last week i've lost track of time uh, a stitch in time and it's quite hot (laughs) oh my so i recommend oh shit it's hot and it's well i haven't found like a full-on like sex scene or anything but you know there's a lot of garrick looking at people and being like hmm like that. <laughs> yes, I would fuck him. That's wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, Jake, it's, it's not a making of, really. It's, it's you know, it's people sort of getting together and reminiscing. And again, like we said, it's so much more pleasant than chaos mm-hmm. on the bridge. Like, it makes yeah, you wish... because most of those people liked each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. I also <laughs> read that Ira Bear was approached to make a graphic novel out of the season eight pilot concept, hmm. but declined. And I'm like, but I actually kind of thought that was kind of cool looking. Yeah. Why don't you want to make money, sir? I mean, presumably it would have involved then making the rest of the story, which maybe he was like, eh. The rest of the story is all there. It was, they plotted out the whole thing. No, like beyond the, like they like, maybe probably like wanted make, to make like, a whole season. Oh, to make basically. the whole season. I don't know if they would do that. Yeah, that's true. But just, just one episode. Like, Yeah, but who would want to, who would read a graphic novel that has just a, a cliffhanger that didn't go anywhere? They probably actually did want to do a full thing, because I know that there's been some success with doing, like, additional seasons of the uh, Whedon shows as comic books. Ugh. Uh, like there's, you know, I've heard the... good things about the um, Shepherd book comic book. Yeah, so I mean, they, they may have been hoping to get something like that going. He's like, I don't want to... Shepherd comic book. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, I don't want to commit to something that big. This was, we were spitballing and we set up all kinds of bizarre shit. I don't want to have to figure out on my own. Mm. But then they had someone actually illustrate for the, for the telling of it. And the, true the comic style of like, have, of watching this was way better than the comic style of whatever the fuck we saw in Chaos on the Bridge. Oh, that's true. Mm. Although I will say, I wish they had settled on a goddamn uniform. I didn't notice. Oh, they kept switching. Like, Esri was in the, like, visitor-style future uniform. Other people were just in the uh, first contact uniform. 
Others were in the first contact uniform, but the gray parts were in their department color. It was Weird. wildly inconsistent. Hmm. I don't know. The one costume thing I did notice was the lack of costume when they put naked Jake in a void, which is my every nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're alone in the void with him, you might be kind of like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you, me, and the prophets, and... And my dad. Oh, oh, also, no, it's pronounced, not bad. It's pronounced Jacob. No, here's the thing, though. Because yeah, time thanks, You're welcome, in the Celestial Temple is weird, it could have been a time he wasn't there. Mm. But he's there at all times because time is goddamn confusing as hell. Shit. You're probably right. Plus, he appeared to have uh, either a wife or a significant other. And I don't like to think of Jake Sisko as a cheater. So one of the recurring things that, they, that kept coming up on the uh, dock was reading you know, apparently contemporary criticism of the show just bashing it for not being TNG yeah and I, it was interesting why they spent what felt like an inordinate amount of time doing that it I did love like a lot of time didn't it yeah. I did love Andy Robinson reading because he just lost his shit in the middle of reading whatever this scathing response some fan had. And he's like, what is this? What am I reading here? See, what the reason for me that it was kind of interesting was that the way, because they spread it out the way they did, like, you don't realize till towards the end that this was a letter somebody would have written either late season six or early season seven because it mentions Vic. Mm. And at first, I was like, oh, this is probably from, like, when the show was new. And it was just like, no, you're some insane little bastard, like, still exists today, who hate-watched this show for six years, and then wrote an angry letter. Like, just don't watch it. That's what I don't understand with these people. Like, if you don't like the show, and you haven't committed to watching it because you're on a podcast like an idiot... <laughs> don't watch it there is like especially when you think about Deep Space Nine like they even said in the documentary it was never on its own it overlapped with Trek with Trek TNG and Voyager pretty much the whole time there's maybe a brief period where it was not yeah that was like a couple of months I think between so between like one ending and the other beginning you know you can't even say like well I wanted Trek and it's all that there was it's like no you had Voyager you had TNG. To quote Shatner, get a life. <laughs> like, if I don't... Li it's, it's, it's this bizarre thing people do about with all sorts of entertainment, but it's just like, if something... If you don't like something, stop watching it. There's so many other things to do. Like, yeah, all right, back then, we didn't have quite so much directly at our fingertips, but... Certainly nowadays when people are moaning, it's like, do, do you see how much absurd amount of content? They go watch Ted Lasso. That's apparently great. You know, like. The ads make it look very funny. Yeah. I don't care for the accent. That's fair. But like, back even back then, though, like, fucking go play Quake or whatever, you sad little loser. Like, what is wrong with you that you watched this show you despised? Well, again, they, people still do it now. It's no, this hate watch thing. It's like yeah, people it's who like hate Discovery, but won't stop watching it so they can stop telling us how much they fucking it's, hate it. It's like it's just, almost ugh. a meme. I mean, it is a meme that that no one hates Star Trek more than Star Trek fans. Mm -hmm. ugh, it's just like, yeah, I know, I know. It's ridiculous. It's 
Well, I think lately they've been outdone by Star Wars. I think Star Wars fans now hate Star Wars more than Star Trek fans hate Star Trek. But unless it's well, to be Baby fair, Yoder. the majority of True. Star Wars is trash. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to feel that way myself. But I mean, Mandalorian certainly, certainly the the yeah. movies are worse. We're going to find out very there's soon. Fewer good movies <laughs> yeah. than there's fewer good movies than than not good movies. Yeah, which I have is also not true of Star of Trek. Media. But at least Star Trek had you know 400 seasons of show to go with the <coughs> mostly me, bad movies. True, but yeah, like you know, again, if I didn't have to watch it because I was committed, I wouldn't have watched TAS beyond the first episode. It was fucking awful. You know, there have been other shows I've watched that like I didn't like a thing, you know, and obviously you gotta give a show a couple episodes sometimes to find its footing, but... Unless Bem was the first episode, I probably would have <laughs> stuck with it for at least a couple episodes. Oh, God. Yeah, but Bem was the best episode. Yeah, which is why I would have stopped after it. You yeah, know, cause because nothing could improve on that. <laughs> exactly. Yep. But it's like, I don't know, It's it, it confuses me. I realize it's gonna sound ironic coming from me, but... Also, I'm a much healthier person than I used to be, thanks to psychiatry. But it's like some people enjoy being angry. Chris, you would really enjoy being. I think angry. you do. If if you didn't, you wouldn't be on Twitter. I mostly do it for the comedians. Unfortunately, there's inevitable overlap. I mean, I used to enjoy it a lot. Now it's exhausting. Twitter. Being angry. Oh, being angry. Also, Twitter. Yeah, it's funny to me because, like, like I knew it was always kind of the right-headed stepchild of the franchise. But because I liked it even when it was new, like, I guess I was struck by just how sort of rough it had it at the time. Like, I'd assume more people had come around to it by the end, which it sounds like maybe they hadn't. I mean, maybe that's a little bit why Mark Alamo can say things like, I didn't know I was doing a good job because everyone fucking hates this show. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but on the other hand, they did keep bringing him back. Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't. I don't keep know. Giving, you don't keep giving someone paying acting gigs if you hate them. I, I've known actors who will complain if they're not told how great they are. So, well, that's because a lot of actors are fucking narcissists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people just need more verbal reassurance than others. Hmm. You know, I've, I've I've never been like one of those. Like, I mean, it's more in the workplace, but like, I'm always weirded out when like someone above me is like, "Oh, hey, good job on that thing. Thank you." It's like. You have to thank me. It's literally my job. That's why you pay me. Like, unless I've done something above and beyond, it's weird when someone is just like, you know, thank you for doing what we literally hired you for. It's like, but actors, like you said, there's a there's a mix of narcissism and extreme insecurity sometimes. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like the some sometimes they are the most insecure people in the world, which is part of the reason they throw themselves into being anybody other else. people. Yeah, watching watching this documentary, just like the world that they work in is so confounding to me. They were talking about mm. how when they're on the set and they're acting, they go 16 hours a day yeah, and wow. then come back and do another thing. And it's all, you know, it's all segmented out, you know, like what times you're doing what things and, you know, they have to plan what sets they need. They have to plan what, what things they need, what scenes they're going to do that day for so many hours a day, and then probably also working in the off time too. I don't know if these people sleep. It's it's baffling to me what their lives are. Well, especially the folks that got to be there at four in the morning for makeup. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I I feel like at some point I would train myself to be sleeping through that shit. I imagine they must at least a little. Wake me when I'm Goldu caught. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I guess the trade-off is, like, it's intense work for however many months, and then you get, like, a couple of months off while they... Well, yeah, but then unless Colm Meany, who's working yeah. on... You know, movies constantly. Old column. Yeah, if you're... Is that if, really his name? Apparently. That's what they said. But yeah, like, people have to be working all the time sometimes to make yeah. any money. Yeah. Unless you're, like, you know, one of the friends or something and make a million dollars an episode. Like, most actors don't make a ton of money no, working these true. hours. You know, as I finished, you know, that DeForest Kelly book. Like, when he... Like, the moment Star Trek stopped and the money stopped rolling in, he's like, Welp, I'm poor now. Yay! Yeah, like, yeah, no, that's true. At least, like, the newer Trek actors probably have at least a certain amount of likeness, rights, royalty shit built in. But, yeah, no, that... Oof. Still, though, I'm sure at least if you're, you know, again, usually one of the makeup actors who can do not makeup work, that's a little bit of a relief. Mm. So, Robert O'Reilly was in <laughs> the same interview with, um... Hertzler. Hertzler. But didn't speak. I think that became a joke. I mean, I yeah. think so too, because I like his his caption was silent, silent Bob, Bob O'Reilly. O'Reilly yeah. I was gonna ask, was there anything in the deleted scenes where he said anything? There was another there was another scene of that interview, but again it was Jess Hertzler was all, talking. Yeah, all Hertzler. I think I think Bob laughed. I think that was his, his the amount that we heard anything come out of him. Yeah, that was funny. Like, I'd assumed it was just, like, you know, an admission that they'd cut out stuff he'd said, but... Yeah, there was nothing in the deleted scene, so unless it's in, like, a deleted scene that just wasn't included. Yeah. Which, or, I mean, there's also probably a lot of... Oh, yeah. ...footage just from the interviews that just didn't even get edited Right, at, yeah, because you, you do any of these documentaries, and I know, like, Ira even said, like, in, in one of the special features, like, you do all the interviews... And then you have to find out what the story you're telling is as you go, because you don't know what people are going to talk about. You don't know yeah. what the most interesting things are going to be. So you kind of figure out, okay, what things are we going to talk about? Uh, let's talk about Marco Lebo and how he felt sad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Surprised that that one uh, yeah. was an important one. For some reason, Jeffrey Combs uh, only has one arm on his glasses. That was hilarious. I noticed that. Yeah. Okay, so that wasn't me just seeing things. No, yeah, no, no. What's the deal? He's too. He's he's been in Star Trek, you know, a million times. He doesn't have no. He don't have no money. Either that, glasses? or it's just he's going for he's it's going a, for a look. It's a fashion statement. Or it's just an unfortunate, like you know, they'd broken recently, and his new ones hadn't come in because it looked like they were just reading glasses. So I imagine yeah. you don't need to have them on constantly. You're like, I'll get them fixed eventually. Yeah, and yeah. then suddenly you're on a documentary and. You're like, oh, fuck, everyone's going to see that I'm lazy about my glasses. Yeah, you know what they say about Vorda. Good hearing, a bad vision. <laughs> Man. That's true. Yeah. And I love I love him. Everything about him. Uh, every time I see more of Jeffrey Combs, I love Jeffrey Combs more. And I can't wait. Now I can honestly say that I can't wait for Enterprise. Just because I know it's going to be more of that sweet, sweet Jeffrey Combs action. I like, looks like your hope's too high, but... You can look forward to the episodes he's in. <laughs> See, I, I look know, forward because I, I, I think just... one day we should cover some of his uh, Lovecraftian movies. Totally. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, you know, I, so I just finished a rewatch of Enterprise. Really? In the, yeah, in the past few weeks. And I don't know, man. There's things I love about that show. There's things I really like about that show. But there's a lot I don't like. <laughs> 
about that show. Yeah, it's it's. And dude, why do you think I'm so sad about DS9 being over? It's because I know it's all downhill from here. I don't know. I mean, like I say, there's there's definitely high points. I'll be really interested in in what we end up talking about when we talk when we talk about Enterprise, though. Yeah, I actually likened when they were talking about how when Worf joined the cast of DS9, everyone was like kind of wary, being like, okay, are you telling the rest of us that we suck or something? Like, what's this about? Oh, and that reminded yeah. me to the reactions that Jerry Ryan got when she joined Voyager and just how, you know, specifically Kate Mulgrew was like, great. I, you know, you had a, a female captain running the show, but nope, you got to bring you got to bring in the pretty lady as because I'm not enough. Yeah, Thanks, but, guys. But the thing is, if like the Jerry Ryan thing is way worse because so DS9 was, you know, struggling in the ratings. So they brought in a known quantity, an, an actor that was very popular on the other show. And yeah, it is a little bit of a slap in the face to the actors that were already on the show, but it makes total sense from a production standpoint that you would want to boost and to their, the show. To their credit, like, he was integrated into the show. He did, you know, like, no, no, visitor said, it's like, oh, shit. He'll be the new, like, first officer, and I'm just going to bring them coffee. And that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it made sense, and they had some really good Worf storylines, you know, and built a lot on what they had started with, with TNG. So, you know, yeah. it was a positive thing for the show. But with Jerry Ryan, like, she was 100% brought in for two reasons. And we, we all know what those a- two reasons Anthony, are. The, the, the storytelling and... Uh... Well, what's what's funny, though, is like as much as she's... And I think we'll probably talk about this a lot more in the future. But like, in my opinion, they brought her in clearly for TNA. And then ended up developing, like almost out of spite, the writers are like, no, we're going to make this an actual fucking character. And it turns out that Jerry Ryan is actually also a really great actress. So we're going to actually create a really complex, interesting character and have some really awesome stories. Unfortunately, I think they did that at the expense of, you know, like, Oh, but we're just not going to do any more stories about any of the other characters. It's all (laughs) good. It's going to be like, like the last three seasons of Voyager are basically the, the seven of nine doctor and Janeway show. With mm. and the rest. No, here um, on Voyager's yeah. Isle. Here, here on here on Janeway's Isle. Yeah, they're that, only, going, for, they're only going into the Badlands for a three-hour tour. Yeah, ah. I did just check. We should, uh, you know, if production begins as soon as possible, the Voyager dock was funded. Oh, word! So maybe it'll be ready when we finish Voyager. Then yeah. what are we going to watch the captains, goddammit? At some point. Uh, part with your Voyager. Yeah. Surprisingly. Or like you said at the end of Voyager. Because I, contribute, I contributed to both the DS9 and the Voyager uh, campaigns. Oh, yay. And the yeah, my name was in those credits, kids. Nice. And uh, I think the Voyager one actually made considerably more money than the, than the DS9 dock in Indiegogo, which surprised me a lot. Because I always assumed that, in retrospect, that um, DS9 was the more popular show, and maybe it is, but didn't ra- it didn't raise as much as... Uh, it also could be a knock-on effect of, like, people were more willing that normally wouldn't have crowdfunded before. We're like, oh, shit, the DS9 one got funded. I'm sure this one will, so... Yeah. 
or like they were concerned about the quality and then they saw that the DS9 one was really well done. Yeah, and they felt like, more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait for the Enterprise one. Yeah, about that. <laughs> what they should do is crowdfund a TNG one that isn't terrible. Yeah, mm. I'd be about that. I like I really want a good TNG one now. Like I did anyway after watching Chaos of the Bears. Like, wow, I wish I'd seen a good one. But now having seen a really good Star Trek doc, it's like, wow, no, really though. Can we get a good TNG one, please? Could Iris Stephen Bear just do it? <laughs> yeah, but it is very clear that Iris Stephen Bear gets got a really great performance out of Iris Stephen Bear because he <laughs> respects Iris Stephen Bear so much. <laughs> uh, he's such a weird guy I loved his glasses I regret that I have such a fat head They would never work on me Yeah, but he definitely um, Oh, he's like, a weird dude Like the, the poster for for the, the documentary is him Oh it's yeah, a photo like of him Holding the station Yeah Yeah, I've, like, seen the, I've seen the Blu-ray on your shelf, so like, mm, Okay Okay, Ira It's the <laughs> Ira show do we have any other final thoughts? It's pronounced column? I know, that's really, like... <laughs> yeah, shocking. Absolutely Yeah, I had shocking. no idea. I somehow completely missed that. Well, yeah, it was so bizarre. Well, then I guess... But what if I want to still call him Cole Mini? I mean, I'm not gonna stop you, but he might. He'd have to I hear mean, me. I mean, I feel like we owe a massive apology. Yeah, we've been pronouncing his name for... Years, twelve right seasons. since TNG. Yeah, yeah, and like most of the time, I just call him Curly. So, <laughs> well, being fair, Curly is what we call the chief, not what That's we true. call him. That's true. I call him Curly. <laughs> Actually, in 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 Gaelic, that's that's what column translates to. It's <laughs> Curly. You know, if that is actually what it is. That would be fucking hysterical. It would be. Yeah, I don't have any. Any really other thoughts? I loved Armin Shimmerman. Oh, he's a he's a treasure. He really is. Yeah, he did a great job. There was a really good um I think it was in the I think it was in the deleted features, so I'll just tell you about it, where he was talking about how he met Grodenchik, where they had they were both auditioning for the role of Quark and Armin sh- saw Grodenchik after the audition, like and went up to him and said, Oh, it's I hear it's between you and me for the part. And, uh, and Grodenchik, like, in his mind, is like, oh, man, this guy's must, kn- you know, he knows the producers or something. Like, somehow he has this inside information. And then, and then, um, uh, Armin was like, well, because you and I were the only two short, short guys in there. <laughs> so it has to be, it has to be between us. Oh, I good. love their, their, their friendship too. They are so sweet. Yeah. It makes me want to like Rom, but I just can't. I can't That's- do it. That's fair. Was the thing with Armin talking about wanting to fix his performance from Last Outpost, was that in the doc or was that a special feature too? I can't That remember. must have been a special feature because I don't know that. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't remember that either. Yeah, okay, so I'll, I'll just retell this then <laughs> as well then. Because, like, apparently he, rightfully so, was extremely disappointed in his, oh, in his too, performance. Armin. And, like really felt shitty about it so his whole mission with quark was to like fix that shitty performance that he his gave. box acting was way better i mean this show bailed out the ferengi pretty hard so yeah 
I mean, but some then, of the Ferengi. Some of the Ferengi. Well, just as a concept, I think it made them. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, it, it certainly fixed the stupid TNG bullshit. Frog, I tried. bendy, weird. <laughs> also, sadly, <sighs> column means dove. Oh. So the bird. Yeah. With that. Let's make like a dove and coo on out of here. Caw! <laughs> you know, we, we haven't introduced ourselves yet. at the top of the episode. Shit! Oh. <laughs> I know, I was thinking that. That's right, we didn't. Well, we'll introduce ourselves on the way out. Yeah, we done goofed. Well, thank you for joining us for the second to last Deep Space Nine adjacent episode we're doing. Mm-hmm. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more... Stardust Dear Herby can be found where all fine podcasts are sold. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Stardust Dear Herby. You can interact one with us on, you know, media stuff that we post. You can visit us. Oh, we're on Twitter and Tumblr at SSHB Podcast. Or you can visit our website at SSHBpodcast.com, our home on the web, where you can check out our season highs and lows, series highs and lows, Fanfic highs and lows. Hey, all yeah, our fanfics have been fucking amazing. That's Don't true. expect much out of mine this time, guys. It's I've started it. I'm not loving it, but uh, <laughs> and it's kind of silly. So no great. You didn't I'm, get I, Ferengi. It's gonna be one of Chris's top five episodes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Long time zero part one. Yeah, Forever. It's, uh, it's Vic Fontaine and. Michael Eddington Spring Break Extravaganza. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> no, I can't not. wait. But but yeah, so that's it. Uh, tune in next week when we talk about, I don't know, a Star War, right? No, we're no, not. <laughs> fanfic. I'm sorry, next week is fanfic? Yeah. Oh boy, Caitlin is in deep shit. Get your <laughs> shit together. Deep shit nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the episode where the toilets went wrong. Well, yeah, so we'll be able to see if if Jake's fanfic is actually ridiculous or silly or what. And if Caitlin actually writes one. It's just, it's one joke. That's the problem with my fanfic right now. It's it's one joke. Okay, you say that. It's going to take 30 seconds to read. But so was your Star Wars one, and that was a fucking delight. That's true. That that one one turned out pretty good. I I am pleased with that one. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Well, I mean, that's all I got. Anything else? Well, since we didn't introduce ourselves, we should outroduce ourselves. As always, this has been Caitlin. This have be wow. Jake. This is and was Chris. And this is always Ames. Column? What? What we? What, what we <laughs> what, I was gonna say what we left behind was the friends we made along the way. Oh wait, that oh, sucks. Oh no, we Fuck. did. Yeah, I, I worked with a guy once in IT who, at like a big department-wide meeting with like dozens of people at it, said, oh, I think it would be a really good idea if we had more opportunities to be recognized for for doing good work. And like everyone kind of just rolled their eyes. And then, of course, me being the bastard that I am, I went and like photoshopped up a fake certificate of excellence. Nice. <laughs> and... Like printed out on nice. What was the paper watermark? And like sent it 
through interoffice mail to him so that it just like showed up on his desk in an official company envelope. And like, I thought it was a joke, like, you know, and I was friends with the guy. So like, I was waiting for him to be like, okay, guys, you know, we're going to, we're going to have a laugh. But, uh, no, he thought it was real. Oh. He thought oh. it was, he thought he'd really been given a certificate of excellence for superb performance in the field of service or, you know, whatever I wrote on it. And, um, he hung it up in his cubicle. Oh, and like eventually, I I, ha- I I felt so bad because it was hanging there, and I went to him like, uh, uh, John, John, um, I I made that, and he like he looked disappointed for a moment, and then was like, "That's great, oh, I'm, I'm leaving it up." <laughs> and he Yay! There's a good ending to oh, the that's, story. That's good because I was just like, "Oh shit!" I was expecting like a like a shot, like a long shot on the office of like heartbreak on his face. You know what I mean? I don't know. I was just. <laughs> Oh man. 